woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team, but at least we've got no bugs. World Walkers. What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of Worldwalkers. Previously, the group let Claiborne wear a necklace that protected everyone from her nightmares. Later that night, however, Tomkin spoke to Vasa, letting her know that leaving the necklace on would slowly kill her. Vasa's decided to keep this information a secret. We join the group now as they wake up from a much-needed slumber. So, you guys wake up fully refreshed. Obviously, it takes you a little longer because you have to rotate sleeps in and out. Who, who took last watch? Uh, Ertlebe could have taken first watch. She's predisposed to wake up early, being older. Last watch, you mean? Uh, yes, last watch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, on your watch, you notice that Claiborne's still awake and looks like she might not have slept at all. Oh, honey. This is really bad for you. She's like, no, no, no. I, I just need to go get something to drink. I slept already. I just... I think I have exactly what you need. And then it'll be like, she's like, I've got, just got the fur off me. I don't, she, she steps back and she dramatically pulls from her pocket tons and tons of artist renderings of her grandchildren in like, like little edgy format. And she's like, I'm going to tell you about every single one of these babies. <laughs> and she's starting. like, oh, are you just learning how to draw? That's wonderful. Uh, oh, we will revisit that comment later. <laughs> now, now, sit down. You're about to hear the most interesting thing you've ever heard. You and spend the definitely... next couple hours filling her in and it doesn't put her to sleep. How? She's superhuman. <laughs> By the time the rest of you wake up, you can see that Ertlebe, I don't know if your voice is scratchy or what. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like, Claiborne's eyes are that. kind of bloodshot, and she <laughs> gets up and walks out to go get some breakfast or something, presumably. So. Ow. Tompkins wakes up, and good news, he's a morning person. He's like, hey, what are you guys? Come on. He wakes you guys up, and he's like. Are we ready? Are we heading out? Like, what do you guys do? You guys do like breakfast on the go. Do you guys like sit and have your like your morning constitutional and kind of kind of like build up to the day? Or what do you guys need? Because I can help like with whatever you guys need. I can go downstairs. I can get you food. I can get you. I don't know what the forged want if they uh. want. <laughs> I don't know how that part works. But like, I can find out. I can go see if the midnight oil is open and Tom see gets. if they can go ahead Tom and gets. get breakfast. What's up? Yeah, yeah. I want a sausage one. McMuffin, please. Um, okay, I don't know what Thank that you. is, but I'll, I'll keep looking for I, it. I don't can know. Can see Claiborne leave yeah. in the morning? He would have followed. Um. Yeah, so you see her go downstairs, and she gets a gu- uh, glass of water, and she sits at a table and doesn't drink it. What are the rest of you doing? I get in a barrel and watch Brummelstone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, are you interacting with her or just keeping an eye on her? Sorry. Like, are you are you turning this into a thing where you're going to go talk to her, or will you just yeah, kind of yeah? To see I would just like, like okay. look at her. Well, I didn't know if you're going to go peeking on her and give her a space, or if you were going to be like, okay, no, Brummelstone is uh, perceptive enough to know 
when someone is withdrawn and and also um Vasa is is your thing connected with him leaving? Vasa is having three tankards of ale at the bar. <laughs> All right. She's going to need it. Breakfast yeah, of champions. Yeah. Okay, so um, you sit next to Claiborne, and she's like, hi, Brummelstone. He goes, you know, I've realized something. Oh. We're going to need cash. And I think you have the thing that we're going to need to go take cash with. And then she puts her sword on the table. No, not that. Do you want to go on an adventure? I mean, if you guys need my help, obviously I'm going to help you, right? Well, I, I need your help. What do you need? We need to go somewhere we can sell magical items. Somewhere in Fallas? Yeah, but somewhere here. Is there anywhere you could do the same? Yeah, oh, we can probably sell some of my stuff off here, right? We don't really... Yeah. Okay, and so she gets up and um, she never touched her water. And uh, if you fall, she doesn't really talk to you. She just kind of walks around. Yeah, so then if I I would leave with her, I'd go, you lead the way. And then I would, passing Vasa, be like, we're going to go get some cash. You go get us a ride. We'll be back soon enough. And Vasa, Vasa turns around as they're passing by. And, and she says, get some cash how? We're going to sell my magic items, Claiborne says. Which ones? That's that's enough. Let's keep going. Roberto follows in his barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Roberto. Give me yeah. a stealth, yeah, give me a stealth a check. Fez. A stealth check? At disadvantage, yeah. At disadvantage? Oh. You're in a fucking barrel. <laughs> that is the stealth. Okay. I add my dex, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, even nicer. I got 18. Or, okay, 17. <laughs> I was like, you can't take the higher roll on this man. Yeah. Like, who doing even better? <laughs> Four. Um. <laughs> Alright, so, yeah, somehow you're fucking doing it. <laughs> I think it's more like Brummelstone knows, but he's letting me have this win. No, no, you roll mm-hmm. high enough. You're, you're, oh. every time they're not looking, you're kind of su- subtly moving the barrel. Vasa looks after them, and she's, she has her, her doubts. But then she goes back to drinking her ale. Eventually, you do find um, like a small shop that's kind of an outlet for the House of Holland. And she leads you in there. And the person behind the desk looks up. Um, They've got like a little jeweler's kit and they're working on something. They put it away real fast and they say, how can I help you? Uh, At that point, Rumblestone would reach for the necklace. She immediately puts your hand away. She won't let you near it. She doesn't say anything about it. Like, she just instinctively just snatches you away. He goes, we're selling that necklace. It's killing you. No, I'm not going to let go of the necklace. Thank yeah, you. you're letting go of it now. And she says, I'm not letting go of it. And she starts walking out. Roberto's blocking the doorway with his barrel. Snows <laughs> <laughs> turn around. And the silhouette of a barrel fills the morning sun's uh, <laughs> entrance into the room. Look, Claiborne, that necklace is eating your soul alive. You've had the nightmares. We've seen them. We've faced them. We'll face them again if they come again. But do you know what my nightmare is? Not getting this necklace? Because you want the money? I don't, I don't know. It's losing you. 
And then she does kind of look up for a second, and she's like, what? And she's kind of, like, disarmed. There, There's being alive, and there's living. And I've lost family upon family. I've lost generations. I've lost my world. I have not le- much left, except for that barrel. <laughs> and you. And that around your neck is killing you. And maybe in the end it will kill me. But I'd rather die with you than watch you wither away to nothing. What's heartbreaking is that it looks like... Obviously your words are having an effect because she's stopped moving. But you're not seeing anything in her eyes right now. She's just motionless. As if that's the best she can do. So I'm going to come forward, and I'm going to take that necklace from you. You know, step slowly forward, and I'm going to remove it from your neck, and we're going to sell it. And whatever comes, comes. And whatever we face, we face together, hand in hand. You take the necklace off, and her knees start to shake, and she collapses on the ground crying. Brother Barrow, if you would help. Uh, oh, hey, I didn't see you there. <laughs> She's collapsed I, on the ground crying. Okay, I help her up. I help her up, and I I, I guess I, I'm car- if she can't stand, I end up carrying her. Yeah, you can't pick her up completely because of your strength, but you can support her. Okay. Yeah, okay. so we would support her, and I'm sure this jeweler very confused now. He would be like, how much can we get for this? <laughs> <laughs> for this lovely necklace. <laughs> That doesn't render people immobile. And he looks at it and he says, This is a pretty rare find indeed. Uh, 200 gold. That's an elephant! (laughs) (laughs) Perfect! I believe believe we got it at a steal for 400. You want to make a persuasion check? Uh, You know what? 250, we'll call it fair. Make a persuasion check? Okay. Uh, 16. Oh, sorry, 15. I don't have any. Says, I don't know if I'll call it fair, but I'll call it quits, and he slides the money over. Let's get you that glass of water. And, yeah, you lead her out, and she's shaking, and then as soon as you guys get outside and the sun kind of hits her eyes, for some reason that seems to give her the strength she needs to kind of stand up on her own, and then she reaches over and she holds you. And she brings you in close, and she, she starts to say something. Well, she starts to say something, her voice cracks, and she gives up, but right now this is enough. He would, you know, Bremelstone would hoist her up kind of in this manner and walk her back. And then if Voss is still at the bar, he would drop the gold on, you know, on her and be like... So, as the hefty pouch of gold clomps down next to Voss's three empty tankards... She just, without really turning, she says, what did you sell off? The weight that's been on everyone's shoulders. Yeah. And then Vasa slowly turns around, and she doesn't really even have to search Claiborne. She can just simply tell by the emotion that's on her face. She would say, no, Master Dwarf, 
the weight that was on your shoulders. For all that you lectured us last night, that it was not my decision to make for this team, you have gone and you have chosen for that the entire enough. team. I'm, no, it is not enough. Bed. And he would start walking it is away. not enough. You have chosen your love over this team. I have considered you family, and you have chosen your love over our team. You, you have doomed all upstairs. of us. Mom, Dad. A brave fight you will fight, Master Dwarf. I recall in last battle, you were the one who almost died first. Your love nearly died trying to save you. You have done her no favors, and you have done us no favors. I at least was willing to take the hit to my reputation and my whatever it is you call honor. You hide behind your hypocrisy and you praise yourself as noble for your love. Go ahead. I do not praise Dwarf. myself as noble. Yes, but I will you not do. Watch Look a at you. Die. Look at you. Yes, so noble of you. You would rather watch us who have been with you from the beginning die than watch your love die. And you Claymore, believe? make no mistake, I would not have welcomed your death but I would not have chosen what your boyfriend has. And then she raises a finger to the bartender. She's like, another mead, good sir. So you guys head upstairs? So you head upstairs. I assume Roberto's breaking off. Roberto's conflicted. Super <laughs> conflicted. Just lowers the barrel. Puts the lid back on. <laughs> oh my god, sad barrel lowering. <laughs> It's because I mean, Roberto from day one is never like Claiborne, but he's conflicted. He's in silence. You guys head back upstairs, you and Claiborne, and it takes a while for her to kind of calm down, and it it builds from just uncontrollable sobbing to controlled sobbing in a way, just being able to like kind of compose, if you will. Um, there is a moment where she breaks down and just falls into thank yous and just holds you and, and just kind of draws strength from you. But after a little while, the rest of the group at this point has either gone off to breakfast or has gone around to, to you know, walk the streets for uh, one last Masa time. Before. would have gone to the dock to actually look for a ship to find passageway. In that time, Claiborne, once she composes herself, she looks up and she says, thank you for for what you've done, and I'll never forget it. And she looks up and she says, but I think some of what your companion said is true. Baza has a way of occasionally being annoyingly right. So, and she's kind of trying to compose herself. She's having a hard time saying, this is what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to say our goodbyes. You're going to continue moving on and doing what you came here to do. I am going to face everything I've been running from, and I'm going to do it because of you. And I'm going to do it until the day you come back. I knew this moment would come, and I have something, if I may, 
and he would reach in his pack package, shuffle it through, and find the book on Ogrimos. Mm-hmm. And be like, you have taught me so much of your world. Here is of mine. Maybe you can find it in your moments. And I shall return to you, my lady. Unless Bossa kills me in my sleep. <laughs> which is also quite possible. That's part of the reason why I'm leaving. And she kind of smirks for a second and she says, but there's so much more going on that you need to be a part of. And I've always run from what's come after me because I felt that I was always told that the curse keeps me from staying in one place too long but the curse it it keeps me from my home it keeps me from having a home and companionship and I have both of those in you and there's no way that I can deal with what I have to deal with if I have everything I've ever wanted in this and since I can't have it yet like I have to go I understand before she leaves he would say uh, make one promise to me that you'll dream of me she kind of smiles and she takes her cloak off and wraps it around you and she says it's worth the risk and after one last kiss she leaves as the door would close, it would be like looking strongly as she walked down the stairs until like she was either out of sight and Brumblestone would collapse in tears. Uh, Roberto bursts into the room and says, um, Brumblestone, I wrote you a song. <laughs> <laughs> You know, through the tears, the small smirk would be would come up, and it would be. You always know just just what I need to hear. These two street children are falling behind me. One of them has been dressed up in a red beard and a little bald cap and a bl- really big blue robe, and there's another one, not a smaller one, behind him. He's a girl dressed up to look like Claiborne, you know. So one of them is holding a guitar because Roberto does not know how to play guitars, and he starts singing. I can see what's happening. He's hitting on Claiborne. They'll fall in love, and here's the bottom line. Our party's down to four. The syndicate is after us. There's nightmares everywhere, and the Brotherhood is trying to put us down. Survival's up in the air. Keep it in your pants tonight. Brumblestone, <laughs> don't stop being dumb. The world is being invaded by nightmare things, and you're just trying to get some. And at this point, the smaller Brumblestone child starts to sing his part, and he goes, 
so many things to tell her. I hope she doesn't care. Dwarves may be small in height and other things, but we're pretty big down there. <laughs> and the smaller, the female starts to sing. She says, he's holding back, he's hiding. Why does he feel such dread? Why won't he be the king? I know he is the king I know in bed. <laughs> Keep it in your pants tonight. Your brother feels betrayed. Dwarves and thieves are trying to murder us, and you're just trying to get laid. Keep it in your pants tonight. There is no time to bone. Can we just complete the quest for shards so we can finally go home? And if he drops his pants tonight, we are out of luck. The group will die, the nightmares will prevail, in short, the world is fucked. <laughs> I have never, this is like, this is actually, literally, I can't even, I can't even right now. How long have you been sitting on that? Is really... <laughs> oh, it's been there. I can't even. The first time we ever like, oh, the cat. I can see what's happening. Like that idea just popped in my head. This has to happen. So good. That just that won so... the internet. Everything. Give this man a fucking Nobel Prize <laughs> of D and D. I'm glad you liked it. You look, yeah, no, it's beautiful. How are you doing, Olivia? Olivia's face. I think I, hurt, <laughs> I think I hurt my throat screaming. I've been speechless this whole time. I'm like never speechless, but like. <laughs> yeah, that's no where I, that's. I still don't know what to say. And it would just be two oh brothers God. hugging, and the pan out, and then the two children being like, "Are we gonna get paid now?" <laughs> I don't have any money. So. <laughs> the two kids look up and they're like. Mm, and they kind of walk away. I give them. I have one Just, gold and nineteen copper. I give all of it to them. They freak out and they're like, "We're happy for you!" And they run away. They don't really know what the song is about. So, so by the time the rest of you come back from securing passage, now when you secure passage, are you trying to secure passage with one of the captains you already know, or just whatever's the cheapest? What oh, if I can find a captain we know, I would absolutely prefer that. Possibly because we could we go, you know bargain a little bit on the travel prices. Yeah, you can find the captain, but uh, Captain Gideon's not here. Oh, oh yeah, is it the gambler guy? Gideon. Gambler guy still there? Oh yeah, yeah. Gambler guy. Yeah. <laughs> Did we ever learn his name? No, no. The captain. The yeah. captain. I think he's he's secretly somebody important, but I have no idea who. So, his moonlights. His, <laughs> that's where we yeah. learn like yeah. his real name is Captain Cap. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if the, the gambler's the there, uh, Vasa would yeah, totally. Yeah, he's been walking around, but he's like, "Have you thought about taking a trip?" And I mean, like, okay, there's two kinds of trips you can take around here. You can take a trip to weird destination. You can take the best trip of your life. People are walking by; they don't want to hear this weird pitch. Yeah, Vasa would have waited for him to sort of like spread open his his arms and like pitch this 
this this um his pitch against like a crowd that just doesn't care and the moment it's obvious that the crowd doesn't care she kind of calls out from behind him like yes i would captain in a very sort of you know <laughs> playful dramatic way and he kind of he, he throws his hair back a little bit and tips his hat up a little and he's like oh no is this the infamous vasa de la solo and he raises his eyebrow and he's like, if you could all clear out, we have private business to discuss. And then as you guys walk away, he's like, I didn't know your last name. I just, so I just went with it. <laughs> And then, like, <laughs> he's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Vasa would have been like, no, it's a great name. I think I, I think I might take it if you don't mind. <laughs> and then um, as soon as they're sort of away from the crowd and his reputation is preserved, he'd be like, so how are you, Captain? And, you know, oh, the whole goes through the whole thing. Da, da, da. How are you doing? Terrible. Yeah, I haven't gotten any business. So. Well, Captain, you're going to like me a whole lot more. Oh, I can't go past love. What's up? Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then uh, Vasa would basically lay out the trip that they kind of need to take, um, you know, to the Merchant City, maybe a day, and then to the field of Dead Forged. Yeah, I can absolutely do that. And, um, I was at the Twisting Swamp not too long ago, actually. So, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with that place. So, wait, 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 wait. The Twisting Stomp is are we a, is the Twisting Stomp like along the way to the Merchant it's City? It's north. Like, the place you're going, like you're gonna go okay. to Hollum, uh-huh. and then you're gonna go over to uh, the field, which is north of. Yeah, it's it's all yeah, it's all good. Yeah, and he's and like, oh, would- you're. You are heading to the fields of the forgotten. Yes, that's rough. And then that's a dangerous place. There's you more guys than are just pretty hardcore. There's more than just flowers and dead forged. <laughs> yeah, the clockworks are there. Like, <laughs> uh, so good luck. I'm not sticking around at that point, right? Like, I mean, I love you guys. No, no, yeah, you just you just have to you just have to get us there. Oh, do they have a No, you know what? You know what, Captain? We'll we'll talk about this along the way. We'll we'll talk about this along the way. Yeah, sure. So, uh, we'll we'll meet you at the docks, yeah? Yeah, I have that's all. I can't meet you anywhere else. No, yeah. Um how much is it going to cost? Uh, how many are coming? And then boss is like 1 2 3 4 5 Sorry, I lost count again. Long day. Also, I might have. I was just joking. It's the same much. price for you. Um, we're gonna go seventy-five gold. All right. So yeah, Vasa would uh, shake on that. And um, if if they were on their journey back, um, just for the show of it, Vasa would make a sort of like a whole like, oh my god, the adventures we're gonna go on. Thank God we found the captain, the best. You know, just sort of helping him do the whole pitch thing. And then eventually they would part he ways. He kind of smiles and nods, and he's like. The world shall be reshaped, no doubt. I no can't doubt. believe you've come out of retirement for something like this. If, and he looks around and he's like, I'm sorry. Discreet. That's what you asked for. And he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Vasa would go back to the tavern to meet up with everyone. Yep. So you guys all kind of reconvene at the same point. Like, I don't know if you guys walked around, but did your, your, your dailies, if you will. Um, but you kind of all come back. And when you come upstairs, I don't know where Roberto specifically is. I don't know. If, are you still in the room with Rumblestone? Yeah, we've been talking it out. Yeah, yeah. So you guys come upstairs. <laughs> Bro time. Um, yeah, Brummelstone's door is closed, but everyone's there. 
Tompkins is up there too. He's been just kind of ta- he's been writing in his his journal pretty pretty much. Though uh, he wasn't there during the time, but he's come up since then. You guys heard Tompkins come up, but the door was shut, so we didn't bother you guys. So you guys come upstairs, and he's like, he kind of mouse the words, "Hey, what's up?" And it's like when you guys all come upstairs and you're kind of talking or whatever you're doing, and then Tompkins is like, he looks at you and he kind of puts his hands in the air and kind of brings him down a little bit. And then he puts his finger to his mouth and he's like, shh. And then he points over at Brummelstone's door and he takes his fist and puts him to his eyes and kind of slowly wiggles him. <laughs> and then like he puts his hands over his heart and then he just kind of lets his hands shatter. Like, oh my God. <laughs> so Vasa flashes him a thumbs up and then, he and says, then Does that directs make sense? the group. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vasa <laughs> would usher everybody else into the other room and explain the travel arrangements that have been made. Eventually, hearing enough, uh, the door would slowly creak open. Brummelstone would probably come out just enough to look Vasa in the eye and say, when are we leaving? And Vasa makes no commentary of any sort on his appearance or the clothes or where Claiborne is. And she just says, as soon as you're ready. And let's go. He would go back to his room and grab his backpack. No. I guess we're all heading out then? And Tompkins like, I have not put my two weeks in. So is that like, are we leaving right away? Or? We're going now, Tompkins. You can come or you cannot. Well, I am going to come. Um. Well then, go. Uh, sorry, don't. He's just he's 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 going through a thing. Yeah, just... and then uh, yeah, Brummel's gonna be like, "I'm sorry, that was disrespectful. Maybe leave Monty know. a note. We can wait. Let's just stop by the store. We can leave a note there, and if Monty's present, Tompkins can say goodbye. But you're not leaving two weeks' notice. Like you're going now, right now. I'll, I'll be right back. I'll go check in real quick. Maybe I've got some vacay, and then I'll just cash out, you know? And he <laughs> quickly runs down the stairs to go settle his matters. Um, can Vasa go downstairs to the, the tavern manager and just say, like, oh, you know, so we're gonna... I know we paid for a week, but we're gonna leave today. Can I get the difference in, like, maybe a keg of ale to go, or just, you know, it doesn't even have to be expensive. Well, just a cheap keg of mead just to go. Be great. <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of just nods and she's like, um. "Gotta, gotta, gotta fuel the orgies, you know." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then she goes and she gets you two gold, five silver, and a keg. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, well, she's just gonna think it was all from the her mind activities. is blown when she sees all of you walk together. It's like a human, an old lady, two boys, a halfling, a dwarf. And she's just fellowship. And you just watch her slowly, like, kind of like lose her footing as she kind of like falls back against the back of the ta- uh, of the bar, and she doesn't fall. She's just like leaning like a broomstick, like. What? <laughs> uh, like, and the boss says, "Like, and there was a hobbit on their way out." <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. All right. So you you guys walk out. You see Vasa carrying a keg of ale. very triumphantly. Yeah. Just. Oh my god. 
So happy. So happy. <laughs> it's a keg of ale to everybody except for Roberta, who thinks it's a disguise kit. Um, <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, you're, that's good. We're going to need to sneak later. Does she know you're supposed to go in it for the disguise to work? Okay, Vasa, give it to me when you're done. <laughs> yes. I um, As we're walking, Roberta nudges Bromo Stone. He says, hey, hey, bro, how you doing? I've seen better days. And we'll see better ones still. Yes. I mean, you know, she's a good woman and you're a good guy. And um, we'll come back for her. All right. We're going to come. Yeah. I'm glad that you were by my side. Thank you for the song. I'm glad you didn't kill me over it. Because to tell you the truth, I mean, I didn't like her at first. But, you know, she makes you happy. And that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. So So have you figured out a name for your turtle? Gonna need a couple days. Um, I don't know yet, but we'll see. You want me to name her? Name it Claiborne. That, that's that's okay. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> don't name it anything Deuce. you don't mind losing again. <laughs> Roberto doesn't doesn't realize that. But <laughs> I put my arm around Brummelstone and just give him a, give him a big brotherly hug. I I always do it a little bit too hard, but he yeah. doesn't seem to mind. <laughs> yeah. I don't seem to notice. You know, normally, there's a little bit of resistance to it, but Brummelstone sinks into it. Like, yeah, you catch up with Tompkins on the way, who comes back, and he's kind of looking a little sad, but he's he's back. He he kind of falls into step with you guys. What happened, Tompkins? I got fired. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's probably for the best. Sorry, bro. I really like the guy. I was really good at it. So you guys keep walking, and it's really weird to you to hear him say that because like he's a fucking architect, and he seemed very happy being like a sh- like an assistant shop janitor. He's like, I was really oh. good at that, man. <laughs> like he used to design houses for like the dreamscape. You know, everyone <laughs> finds their calling. In different <laughs> <laughs> so you make your way towards the gambler once more. So it looks like it's their finest silk rope, and he has taken the time to drive iron spikes into the ground and make the uh, the ladder rope very taut. And that's the best he can do for, like, a really fancy-looking walkway. But it's a ladder, right? It's, not it's a, a rope. rope ladder, so, like... Wow. Does that mean I have to roll to climb it? <laughs> no, no. Rope, my one weakness. <laughs> the hardest boss we've we ever had to face, boss. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's just like a large pit with rope ladders everywhere. <laughs> I actually, boss my... is still down there to that day. <laughs> <laughs> so you board the gambler, and um, you kind of get yourselves acquainted again with uh, the deck and everything. And then suddenly, uh, your peaceful, like your your peaceful entry and um, refamiliarization with the ship is interrupted with a familiar Mister Wills. And then you feel the ship kind of shake and come to life once more, and it lifts off into the skies and starts taking off. Yay! And then and Vasa would have been like, oh, Captain, look what I brought! And she's like so proud about her keg. <laughs> this is a, a fine drink for a fine woman. And he just kind of nods and does not assume that he's getting any, like, of the ale, you know, like... But also she would have, and I know you'd be happy to see this, and she drops 75 gold, a pouch of 75 gold into his hand. And he's like, I am... And he quickly runs away with it like a little kid. 
I love the captain. He's so much better than Captain Gideon. <laughs> but then sometimes captain I'm just Gideon like, was okay. like, sometimes I'm like just fond of Captain Gideon. Like, even though he's strictly worse than the captain, I'm just like, Gideon, I wonder what he's up to right now. <laughs> Remember that time we walked in on him naked? We made him yeah. us so we could yep. cart him with us for authority, and then we scattered. <laughs> oh, good times. Oh we dragged God. that guy through so much shit. Vasa would have invited everyone under a below deck, or even above deck, really. She would have called for mugs. She'd be like, let's drink! And she would have, you know, shared her little keg ale. Is Brummelstone going to get drunk? No, he just sits kind of mournfully looking at the back, off the back of the dock. And Tompkins kind of comes up next to you and puts, he gets like a little like um, box and crawls on top. He's like, I feel you, man. <laughs> Actually, um, Tin kind of had the same idea because, you know, like, <laughs> we're in the pity party together, I guess, where she would go over and also stand on his other side and just kind of like. So who's actually yeah. having drinks? <laughs> no, I mean, I would have a, I would have a thing of ale. Oh, okay, okay, I okay. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'd be like, like leaning over the rail, like, yeah, man. <laughs> so yeah. it's Roberto, Brummelstone, Tin, and Tompkins in a row. Oh, no, I guess I would be there too because of my cat. Um, oh. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm happy. I'm drinking with Vasa because right, yeah, I sounds... got a turtle, which has made me completely forget about the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so just Sadly. The, the, the three of us then. Yeah. When it seems late enough and enough people are kind of gone, uh, Rumblestone would kind of lay, kind of make a move or look over and say, Tompkins, can I speak to Tin for a moment? He's like, yeah, man, go ahead. And he takes his box and moves it to the other side of you and then lets you guys get close and then stands on the box. By the way, at some point, wordlessly, Vasa would have uh, deposited a mug of ale next to Bromostone, but not lingered. She would have just left and then gone back to join the party. Aww. And then, yeah, bro, Tompkins kind of pat you on the back and like, go ahead, man. She's right there. Uh, a little more room, please. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tompkins is right next to you. That's, yeah, I get you. I mean, it's, I was hoping we could have that moment where we no, talk. No disrespect. Stuff, no, no, no disrespect, Sir it? Tompkins. Yeah. No, 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 Sir Tompkins. He's, he takes his box with him, honestly. It's his box now. <laughs> and, and so he wanders off. It's just you and Tim now. So, uh, Rumblesome will look over at Tim and say, uh, it's been hard days for us both, but uh, I had a gift I'd like to bestow upon you, if I may do the honor. Uh, Tin, yeah, Tin's not expecting this at all. She's just like, uh, okay. Because I've been working on something, ruminating on a spell. Um, if if I may, and he would he would kind of ask you to lower yourself down, and he would go to his back, uh, your back, and he would crack open his orb, and he would spread it out where your wings, what are left of your wings are, and out would magic wings would fly open. Oh, what? 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 Can he do that? He can now. He goes, what? Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, how? How? Because someone who's lost a mentor and a leader, I know 
nothing will replace that heartache. And I hope this gift will at least bring a small moment of joy in what I'm sure are in what are dark times for us all. And I'm sure will be dark times again. These won't last forever, only an hour. But if you would do me the honor, I would love to see you fly. Now, you would know this, Tin, that the spell he's casting just gives the power of flight. But what has really turned this into something different is that Bremelstone has made it a point to shape the magic into your wings. So while they are magical, like they still have that kind of arcane glow to them, he has spent the time using his orb, and this is very unique to the wizards of Obrimos because they deal with, you know, time, right? So he didn't just cast a spell that allows you to fly. He actually kind of reached back and pulled out a piece of your past and spread it out across. And so when he casts this spell on you, it's going to give you your wings back whenever this spell is cast. Like everybody else will just magically fly if he casts it on them. But for you, he's actually returning your wings for a small amount of time. Oh my god. Like uh Tin is yeah, she's just overcome with like emotion. She has so much to say in, in terms of things, but she, she thinks the first thing she should do is definitely like honor his request. And so she kind of like uh kind of like uh jumps up in the air. She like hovers and then she kind of like flies a little bit over the railing so that she's like completely suspended in air. Oh my. And she's just like, this is incredible. Uh, and then she, um, just cause she's so worried that it's like such precious magic and stuff. She'll probably land again very quickly. And, 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 uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, but you drank a potion of flying before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have, you have flown since then. This is different. Like you flew before and it just gave you the power to fly and you, you relished being in the air again, but it wasn't the same. Like, what Bromelstone's magic has done is returned your wings from another time, temporarily. It's not like you can fly like you used to. You can. You have your wings. You have the ability and the same sensations. It's... As long as he can hold concentration on the spell, as long as the magic will hold, you have your wings back. Oh my god! Yeah, so Tid again is just so overcome with emotion. Uh, like, it just, like, honestly, words cannot describe how, like, affected she is by this. So she just, like, bends down and, and hugs from so She's like, I don't know how you found the time, but I just thank you from, like, the deepest part of my heart, or forged parts that, like, <laughs> my forged. Um, that that you would even think about me and spend the time to like to do this for me, like you were the best. Yeah, Rumblestone would say like, "Say no more, please, just fly." <laughs> you have the hour. You basically have the hour to take to the skies as you wish. You can fly alongside the airship and and race with it as it goes through the clouds. Wow. I, I imagine the crew on the deck, like you know, all of us, sort of like cheering as we see this amazing flying machine. That was the next thing too. Is like everyone else has kind of left the deck because that's when Brummelson was waiting. But oh, the see. crew, within the crew who's still out there, they see this happening. It's the right audience because the the crew of the Gambler in specific, um, and basically the world of Cog. They know about the forge and how some of the forge were sent out like this. They know, like they don't, 
They don't see like a cool forged flying, they see one of the messengers returning to the sky. So like they start to cheer and they're kind of celebrating and that noise can bring up anyone who wants to hear this back out too. And so more and more people start coming to the deck and they start cheering on and they're excited and they start bringing more and more noise. And it's like a celebration. Oh, like everybody's God. on deck now. Yeah. And Tin's, Tin's showing off. She's doing loop-de-loops. Oh, <laughs> if you looked at Brummelstone, like his whole face was sour most of the day, but you could see a smirk and you would see him grab the ale that was left there and begin to sip on it. 